2: hammer time and it's the first hammer time of the new season uh a good uh three to four weeks after the end of the previous season in fact we just uh, none of us have moved we've all been sitting <laughs> in front of our computers uh for the last three weeks we just thought we'd just carry straight on from the last game of last season um uh, with me this week as usual are jim grant good evening and uh, back again uh, uh, after last season. We, we, we met this guy for the first time last season, and uh, what a pleasure it was to meet him, and we got him back as soon as we could, which is now, at the beginning of this season, it is a stand-up comedian. He's performed at the O2 Arena, or the Hackney Empire. He's performed on MTV, performed at Radio One. Uh, he's worked with Tiny Temper, among other people. Uh, he's played in Ibiza, he's played in Africa, he's played all over the world. It is Kevin J.
0: Hey, how are you? Thanks good. for having me back.
2: How are you, Kevin?
0: Yeah, good. Um, I, I, I think I'm good. I don't know. I haven't been out in the wider world to see how I how I actually am within <laughs> my within these four walls of my family. <laughs> I'm I'm succeeding.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm Facebook friends with a
0: bloke who. Um,
2: Posted on Facebook yesterday uh, that he literally had not left his house. Literally not left the house for uh, six months since lockdown. He left the house yesterday to teach a kind of socially distanced workshop. And while he was out, a jeep crashed through his front wall and into the front of his house. uh, Which is what happened the first day he left the house in six months. Um, wow. It's possible the Jeep was just waiting, waiting to do that. Yeah. yeah. Extraordinary. So, uh, during the course of this podcast, we will uh, discuss uh, the result at the weekend uh, against Newcastle and um, our slightly easier run of games against Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Manchester City and Liverpool coming up. And, uh, <laughs> We'll also try and sort of run the rule over some of these kind of strange rumours that have been uh, not happening at all about transfers, but have been happening about takeovers. Um we'll uh, and that should see us probably to the end of the podcast. So, to get the ball rolling, uh we played at the weekend. We played Newcastle. Uh Jim, you yes. uh, left apoplectic with rage. I mean a towering a towering rage is the only way I can uh, describe it. It was harrowing, uh, Kevin. Absolutely <laughs> harrowing. I don't know if yeah. you've uh, worked in the prison services or the army, but uh, the the scenes, the scenes. I mean, Jim was he was in Surrey, so I, I'm not good with distances, but that, probably over 600 miles away. But I could sense the heat of his fury. of yeah. the laptop. I mean, it was extraordinary.
0: Well,
1: and you know i should have i should have learned really shouldn't i by now i shouldn't get angry no
2: no the, i mean i don't sort of use because... the word i don't use the words killing spree that often but <laughs> uh, i feel that it was sort of appropriate um and uh, yeah it was it was yeah it was
1: harrowing um the thing that really I mean, obviously, we've watched disappointing performances, uh, you know, over the years, and, and and we're used to that to an extent. But the, the thing that did get me was that, you know, you've just list, you've just reeled off the fixture list. And so looking at that, you've got to say this opening game against Newcastle, we've got to make a statement in terms of at least in terms yeah. of attitude and approach to the game, you know, the, we've got a, a ridiculously difficult run of, of, of games coming up. Um, we don't want to be, we want to be on the front foot. We should have been in their faces. We should have been, you know, really, really setting a tempo. And it was such a disappointingly lacklustre f- uh, performance, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, I, you know, I don't, you know, if we'd have really had a go, it had been a tight game and we'd lost it 3-2 or something, uh, you know, you accept that these things happen, but... It was so um clear that that their signings have all made an impact that they that they seem to be a a, a football club moving forward, and we felt like a, a football club in regression. certainly
0: on that evening,.
2: Anyway. yeah, Kevin, what did you make of it?
0: I, I um I, I couldn't actually even uh, get angry about it. I just it was everything <laughs> I thought it was going to be. I didn't right. expect anything less. I expected players to be played out of position. I expected there to be a, a lack of enthusiasm to even be on the pitch. Um, and I think all of that all of that shone through. And I think when you've got Declan Rice, who looks like he's running in treacle, who's been our standout player for, in my opinion, the last two seasons easily. Um, and he just looked, you know, he just looked jaded. Um, and and yeah. and, and I, I I don't I don't think it's physical. I don't think any of them are physically jaded. It's, it's all it's all mental, isn't it? So everything that's going off, going on, sorry, off the pitch is quite obviously taking its toll on them, um, and that's why they all just look like they just didn't want to be there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: uh, you know I, I feel
2: largely the same, but you know perhaps on a more positive note, I thought. You know, those first two games after lockdown, the the Wolves and the Spurs, those were absolutely Terrible. I mean, mm. and I thought. I mean, this. I thought we looked like Barcelona compared to those first two games. I thought at least we looked, you know, to have a basic level of sort of competence, and we were sort of in that game, you know, in the I mean, first half.
1: I think that's true of the first half. But I, think you know, we,
2: half, we we had more possession, good. we had more shots, we had more shots on target, we had more corners, but you know, at the same time, there was something we were not doing right, but. But I did think we we didn't look like that. I mean, those we looked dead and buried after Wolves and Spurs. And then the Chelsea game came and we turned up for that. And then mm. we very good for the last seven games, including that Chelsea game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think as well as, Kev, as you say, the sort of things that are happening off the field, it is still very close to that um, last seven games of the season where we played very hard and worked very hard. And... You know, I think possibly they they mentally sort of haven't had enough kind of time away. It sort of felt like having to maintain the intensity to just keep yourself in the division uh, is very difficult to sort of, you know, keep going to sustain because we've got such a thin squad. It's basically the first 11. You knew what it was going to be. It just picked itself because it's never it's it's never different.
0: Yeah, and I and I think I think you know in the close season when you make a couple of signings, um, you, you have a bit of a break. Come back for the for the start of the new season, and you've kind of however the, the the end of the last season went, you've put that to the back of your mind. Whereas I, I it feels like it's just been an international break as opposed yeah. to the start of a new season. Um, and 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 unfortunately, the off the field antics has haven't hasn't allowed the momentum, the, the positive momentum that we ended with, to carry yeah. on because there is no reason as to why we shouldn't be you know hitting the ground running with exactly starting exactly the same team. Watch change. Exactly me, my it's, point. It, it, it's yeah. off the field stuff. There's that's no other exact, reason. Yeah, that's exactly my point. You know, uh, and and then
1: you know, I I don't care what's going on off off the field. They're, they're professionals. It's a football match, for, you know. Um, You've got you've got to you've got to have respect as a professional. You've got to you've got to commit yourself and 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 um, play to, to to the you know best of your ability on on the night. And um, we had too many too many players way subpar, didn't we? I mean, you know, you can you can accept that your player has a bad game, or it, but it was it it felt like a malaise through the whole through the whole. T- I thought one, I thought one thing that
2: typified it was. Um, uh you know antonio in those last seven games was like a completely different footballer the things that he was you know unfortunately were really lacking in his game because you know he does have about half the game of a top plot fight premier player fortunately the half that he does have um is uh is fantastic you know he's physically very strong he's quick um he's fearless but um there was a moment when he, you know, went on a long surging run and did what old Antonio does, which is basically just not look up and keep going until he sort of yeah. fell over when he could it's have squared fun. a new Antonio, Antonio Mark II, who played in those last seven games of, you know, last season, which is only three weeks ago or four weeks ago, would have maybe looked up and squared it, but it was a bit more like... The Antonio of old, who's just going. I'm just gonna, just gonna keep going, keep going as long as I can. Oh, and eventually, just gets tackled or runs it out of play. And um, you know, I I thought that that sort of typified it for me. Who else did you think, you know, underperformed then, guys?
1: Well, I thought, um, as I say, I think both the 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 two kind of star midfielders fell fell below par. They didn't have. Dreadful games, but, but, um, they didn't have the impact that, uh, you'd expect them to have. So that's Suchek and, and, and Rice. So, so Newcastle bossed it in, in, in midfield. Um, I thought, uh, Fornau struggled to get in, in, as is occasionally the, the, the case when he's out on, on the left, struggled to get into the game. Um, I thought Antonio didn't, didn't, as you've already mentioned, never particularly, uh, particularly good game. Um you know the defence was sort of you know uh, sort of there um but you know uh, we we know the problems with the full backs the full backs what you got one who's got ability but is is uh, you know his legs have gone really uh, another one who's got fantastic legs but not a lot of ability and and uh you know, um, it just needs. It felt like a team. It feels like a team that needs freshening, freshening up. Yeah, you know, they needs competition in places. It needs, you know, the stuff that new signings that bring you. Just a, just a few key um, new signings. Do you think um, there's sort of key? Do you think there's selection issues as well? What do you think, Kev?
0: I think I, I'm not David Moyes' biggest fan, but I have a lot of empathy for the position that he's in. Um, there are there are selection issues. There's comp- there's there's a lack of competition for places, and I think uh, that's that that's a challenge for him. And I also think the team know it. The team the team know you know. And I think what does it say to a team that has you know three attacking midfielders on the bench and Noble is playing in that position? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's those it's those subconscious messages that go out <laughs> that you just think. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, it's it's like it's like being in a car of your mate, and he takes you to his neighborhood and locks the doors. And you go, "Well, why are you locking the doors in your own?" Na- what do you know that we don't? Um, and and I think when that lineup comes out, you you just I think everyone probably just see, and it's not I'm not criticizing Noble. It's just that's not his position. So um there are definitely selection issues. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I agree. I think there's four players in three positions at the moment. I think you, you know, you you don't need um Suchek, Rice and Noble. But if Noble is absolutely fantastic in training every day and, like, we don't see that and Moyes does and he's absolutely undroppable and also he's the captain and he is a good player, well, then play Rice, uh, and, uh, Rice and Suchek and play Noble as the number 10. Give him all the responsibility. Give him give him the kind of uh, linchpin role and then put three, you know, attacking players in front of them. Four, you know, Fournells might be one of those, but I would say... Antonio, Allaire and Yarmolenko or something. Um, or you drop Noble and you play uh, Four now's there in that kind of number 10 roles. But at the moment, you know, somebody, I don't know if it was on Facebook or Twitter, but sort of live, you know, live tweeting during the game when I didn't realize that we now played four six as a formation because that's what it seemed like. It seemed like there's four, four people that you could tell what their jobs are in defense. And then just six blokes in front of them who all seem to have roughly the same job. I mean, you just you yeah. can tell. And I, I sort of think, you know, you there's always it, nearly every manager has that thing where they go, "Oh, actually, he is really good, noble. He does bring something." They try dropping him for a couple of games, and then you know we play badly, so they bring him back in, and that's okay. But then if you're going to bring him back in, well, then put him in a position that he owns and give him that responsibility because at the moment just running along next to three other blokes who are all just running along i mean it's like in the build-up play it was almost like a superstition that everybody had to get a touch it's like when we pick the ball up in midfield make sure every midfielder touches the ball you know david Moyes taps kevin nolan's head for luck and then we start our attack when the other team's reorganised itself and it's just got everyone behind the ball. It was so—it's
1: it, 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 something we've seen over recent years uh, with different not just with Moyes. You know that that um, that ponderous approach play where um, you know the ball gets—we keep possession a lot, but we don't really do anything with it. And Newcastle just very very cannily sat there. They 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 closed down um, when necessary. They kept their shape. And and they and they looked dangerous on the break, and they had an outlet with Carroll up front. I mean, Carroll bullied our centre halves all night, um, yeah. and they of course went with you know two up front, which of course <laughs> we've got this sort of pathological thing of not having two strikers, um, but a lot of teams do play with two strikers now. And um, uh, so they had they had options all over all over all over the all over the park really, and and you know Hendry, I thought had an excellent game. You know, they're, they're, they're a good side, you know, and I think one of the things I suppose, when I, you know, clutching for positives would be to say, actually, we looked at that thinking that was the winnable game of that first run. But actually, I suspect they might be a dark horse. They might they might do a bit better um, than people imagine this this season. I think they've strengthened. very. I think Callum Wilson's a player I would have liked to have seen come to West Ham over the over the years. Yeah, um, I think he's a good player. It was nailed on. He was going to, you know, one of those players is always going to score against you, like Lukaku always scored against us. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, they they just were better than us, weren't they? They were better set up. They were they won individual duels. They had more pace going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, we we lost to a we you know we were sort of as you say in the game in the first half, but in the second half we just kind of capitulated really and, and lucky to lose it only 2-0 I think really but they, they won it comfortably didn't they really comfortably
2: I guess so I mean you know there were some there were some uh, aspects in which we didn't get the rub of the green Kev what did you think there was, there was a penalty shout you know um,
0: Andy Carroll's elbow was uh, you know I thought well yeah uh, yeah I mean we could have we could have easily been 1-0 up with them down to 10 men quite quite easily but yeah. I think and and that is that is that is a, a way you could look at it but i think should we be as as a club the size of west ham be looking at a game against newcastle going well we could have been well yeah. actually watched you know and i think i forget who was on commentary but they were saying about antonio and they were saying you know he's really going to grow into the role as a striker and mm. the more he plays there he'll learn the, re- learn the trade or something to yeah. paraphrase and i thought do you know what he's 30 odd years old or yeah. 30 um we're West Ham United. We we shouldn't have a... Sh- We're not a Sunday League team where Big Tony's no. going to go up front for a run. Like, we need... we that, 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 that's. And I think that's where it, it lent itself to the last seven games. You know, uh, Antonio could really kind of get up for those games and really shine through. I know there was talk of him being on a, a bonus if he... I think it was got 10 goals. And I think all of those yeah. things, the wind in all of those things blew in his direction. A yeah. sustained 30... 36 38 game season of Antonio as your lead striker it's not yeah. gonna work oh,
2: not, especially
1: especially when nominally you, you know you've've you've spent most of last year's and this year's transfer budget apparently on on a striker who scored well he's now scored he's scored two tonight so far uh you know nine goals in 38 games for the club so you know Cal's got to step up this year we need him to 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 do what he's you know what we've invested in him for him to do. And, well, he needs
2: to, Yeah, but he does need also to get people sort of closer to him as well. You know, a lot of that, his bad performance last season under Pellegrini was being played completely on his own with five men, you know, several yards behind him. I,
1: it's an, I think there's no doubt an element of truth that but it's also the case that he isn't quite the dynamic player we were we were led to believe he was going to be i mean he he's he has also underperformed i think you know and you may need to make things happen sometimes don't you and he's not he yes. looks like the kind of player who finishes things off not a player who kind of bullies defenders and makes things happen and, no. and um you know it's it's a it's a it's an indictment of transfer policy over a number of I mean the, the you know, this situation hasn't come about sort of overnight. It's been it's been, you know, they it was it was we on this podcast were were not advocates of getting rid of Moyes first time, not necessarily because Moyes is the greatest manager on earth, but because it was another destabilizing thing. And and suddenly money was made available for the for the kind of marquee manager Pellegrini and an awful lot of money was spent, not very as it turns out, wisely, um, and you know, so it's it's you know there's lots of wheels within wheels in terms of where we are, um, and we've still got some good players. You know, we've yeah. seen
2: good what, would, what I mean, what would we like to see? Um, you know, moving forward, as we say, in the next few games, um, like to see changes to the team.
1: Uh, well, I think we need more width. I felt we were very narrow, and we are very narrow when Fornells plays in that in that left on that left side. So I would like to see him, um, or maybe you know, oh, give him another chance. And so I would like to see someone who's not Noble in that advanced midfield position behind behind the strikers. Um, but, do you,
2: but do you? I mean, do you achieve that by going four four two or four five one? Because what we I think what we were sort of playing was. Was kind of 4 3 3 or some variation. Yeah,
1: I, well, I think it was, and that seems to be what I mean. I don't think I'm not sure that that is going to change. I would possibly like to see us with the resources that we've got, you know, um, play with three at the back because that would allow us to play two up front with wing backs and still have your, you know, your playmaker and your two holding midfielders. So it seems to me that the personnel that we have at the moment is quite well suited to that, to that setup. Yeah. Um, in the game before lockdown, that sound, that, that very good performance against Southampton. Um, we did have uh, a more central four and we did have Bowen and Antonio, either side of our in what felt like a genuine attacking front three. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I,
1: I, th- I think I'd like to see that actually. That's I think front.
2: in those kind of front, you know, those, those teams that do play with that kind of front three, um, Unless you have really, you know, wing-hugging fallbacks like Liverpool do, um, it's quite often expected that one of those those front three they'll 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 hug the touchline for a bit and then either cut inside or cross it. You know, and uh, I think Bowen does do that. You know, I think he's part of a front three often when he's played, but he does he tends to go out wide and 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 you know run with the ball. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like him a lot. I, I would add him, however, to the list of people who had a really under-par game on yeah. on Saturday. Uh, yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Kev, what do you think?
0: What would you like to see?
2: Uh,
0: I, I, I echo the majority of what you said. I, there's something about seeing Bowen in, in 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 the number ten role that quite excites me because he's 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 probably one of our only players that can well. I think some of our players can do this, but he's the only one that seems to be doing it is beating a man. So I don't know. He may go in there and be absolutely out of his depth because he's used to be, being on the wing. But actually I, I think seeing Bowen in, in the, in the number 10 role where he would pick up the ball, turn and actually run at defenders. Um, yeah. I think that could be quite exciting with, yeah. if they, if they insisted on four hours on the left and then bringing Yarmolenko in, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, something like that, or 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 having four hours in in that number ten role, but just someone that's gonna you know with the again with the greatest respects to Noble, he likes to pick up the ball, he likes to pass the ball sideways, and there's nothing wrong with that um, in the middle third of the pitch. But when you're when you're you know approaching their their eighteen yard rocks, we kind of need someone that's got a little bit more agile than Noble can pick a pass, beat a man, and and run at defenders. So I'd just like to see someone in that in that position that's really kind of. Enthusiastic in in terms of attacking,
1: I think yeah. so. I, I, what I like about Fornells uh, is that his instinct is always to move the ball quickly. Mm. So uh, you know, I think that that that's it. We do need um, to play a, 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 at, a, at a better tempo. In those games where we did well uh, in the, you know, in lockdown football, um, we. Um, I thought we well, you know we moved the ball quickly. we there was a lovely well. there was
2: a lovely move yeah. at the weekend that ended in a very yes. tired yes. shot from rice, wasn't there um in which Fornells played a brilliant uh slide roll pass spotting a run from um Bowen you know a yeah. terrific a terrific pass, and it was a good you know example of you know on the same pageness, you know. Yeah. Bowen started that run. Fournell saw it straight away and hit a ball, you know, through a gap that Fornell then just ran, busted a gut to run at that gap, got the ball, got it over. And then it was a tired shot from, I think, Rice.
1: Yeah. we, we just, two... just
2: hit the legs of a player in front of him. And yeah. you're going, it was always going to do that, mate.
1: We have one or two promising moments in the first half down there their left, our right, with, you know, uh, balls inside the full, in, in between, you know, in, in balls played through the channel. But, um, and, and although, you know, Fredridge has got the pace uh, and he did one brilliant bit of covering uh, in that first half as well, he's got the pace, but he's not got the quality of, of delivery or, or the football brain to, to do much with it when he gets into those positions, I don't think. Um, uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's quick, but he's not. He's not a footballer, in my I view. he can put in a good cross. I
2: think, you know... Yeah. I mean, it's just got to be... People have got to hit positions that demand that cross, you know. Yeah. I do think that... I do think that, um, uh, you know, it is a shame that either Allaire or Yarmolenko can't start the game. You know, that we've got two recognised strikers on the exactly. bench. Yet we start yeah. with, um, you know... Uh, um, makeshift striker in Antonio, you know, and as you say, Kevin, it's like a thirty. You know, they're enthusiastically talking about a kind of thirty-year-old man learning some new tricks. You know, it's sort of. Uh,
1: it's, it's it I may mean, feel it's like what you're saying. What you know, what's going on in training? Why is? not you'd have thought someone like Halaire should be to be really just making himself. You know, just undroppable. He should be the first, first, first pick in that in that position. And we can. Put together a lineup that gets him and Antonio and a Bowen or a Yomelenko in the in the team because we've we've seen us play with that formation. <laughs> I agree with you. I think Hannah should be in the team, and you know you want to see you want to you know he's a big for him and Anderson to be kind of such peripheral players for eighty odd million pounds worth of expenditure. <laughs> it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Well,
2: let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, uh, transfers and the like uh, after this message. cooler kings are made in limited numbers yet highly affordable check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on instagram
1: with hashtag cooler King bike cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool af right welcome back uh we we uh yeah we were just
2: saying that uh you know the. That- we're in this absurd situation where our our record signing and then our previous record signing, who is our second top uh, money value signing, can't get in the team. Um, And, you know, if you add to that, Yarmolenko was probably about 20 million or something. He can't get in the team either. And, um, you know, it's worrying and there seems to be a sort of strange thing happening now in the transfer window we literally look like we're not going to buy anyone um and it's that we have to sell to buy i don't know yes
1: we haven't talked about the Diangana sale yet no
2: no what did you make of that kevin
0: i think um i i I don't personally think it's as terrible as everyone, has, as, 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 as not everyone, as some people have made out. I think for I think, um, me, it was a, a lot of money for an unproven young player. He hadn't done anything in the Premier League. Yes, he looked promising. Yes, he had done great in the Championship. Um, I think it, it, it was a case of the board having to sell because no one else was worth anything. No, that's, that's the right. that's the that's the travesty. The travesty is that whoever's the head of recruitment, whoever was the person that sanctioned the halle Anderson, Yarmolenko, Wiltshire, the list goes on. Batch of signings. That's the travesty. Not that Diangana was sold. No, that's right. <laughs> it, it's yeah. it's that how yeah. have you spent 120 million pounds on players and that none of them are now worth 50 percent of what <laughs> what you paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's the travesty that's not being spoken right. about. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah.
1: In our end of season podcast, I was saying to you, Phil, wasn't I? That, that uh, you know, I thought I think we will we'll hang on to rise, um, but because I felt at the time we had other saleable assets. What I didn't expect was that the saleable <laughs> asset would be would be the player who's been out on loan uh, in the championship and has hardly played a Premiership game. You know, yes. I, um, I think you're right, and in pure footballing terms, you know, that, that, that it might well be, be kind of you know to a certain extent make a degree of sense not not sense exactly but uh, certainly you know you could justify it in footballing terms but everything's context as you say and it the context in which that's happened is, is is the whole last few years and all the rhetoric about you know the academy and we're not a selling club anymore and all this stuff about you know that people have, have many fans have bought into um, that's why I think the reaction to it has been so intense because it it seems it's sending to everybody, and clearly from Noble's tweet and whatever, also the players themselves. It's just sending the wrong message. It's it's uh, it's taken on greater significance than, than just a footballing decision. I think.
2: Yeah, it's 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 funny, isn't it? Because it it is. Um, we you know if they do have to sell to buy, uh, I think you're I think you're right, Kevin. He is he is. People were. Um, building him up a little bit because he is entirely untested and, uh, um, you know, has only really kind of made a splash in the championship. However, he is, um, given our quite unbalanced squad that does lack in certain departments, he is a sort of pacey wide man. And that feels like something at least coming off the bench that we could really do with to change a game, you know. Well, you know there have been lots yeah. of times aren't there, where, where like you look at the bench and you're thinking of like taking, you know, Noble or or, or uh, four nows off. And on the bench are Anderson, Wilshire, other wanna be number tens. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to be a number ten. And you know, it's just gonna, you know, whereas someone who might run at them, um, you know, there was a time when we were saying. Antonio, you know, when we were saying he's not the most complete footballer in the world, under perhaps, you know, Pellegrini when, when we were looking really good, we were going Antonio might not be able to get in the team, but he'll be fantastic coming off the bench with his physicality and his pace.
1: <laughs> and now we're relying on him to do like everything. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think that's it, isn't it? I mean, we've you know, um, in theory, we should have sold Diane Garner because he simply couldn't get in the team because he was being kept out by our 40 million pound superstar flair filled Brazilian winger. Mm. Um, and the reality is we've sold him because nobody would buy our uh, 40 million pound uh, winger who is turns out to be actively shit. And, uh, you know, that, that, it you know, I think a real test of Moyes' man management is if he's can get he got to get some kind of tune out of out of Anderson and out really, hasn't he? I mean, that's, yeah, that's absolutely. his challenge. Yeah. Because well, the talent is there. We've seen it, you know.
2: Yeah, so. and he can't... I mean, we, we've seen quite a few times that David Moyes is... Um, he's quite cautious to change. He does change things, and he changes them quite dramatically, But but often it takes him a while to do that. I think he has to see sort of something work uh before he'll instigate it full time you know um so quite often we've seen us get to a slightly slow start under Moyes he was slow to get his ideas across and I actually certainly in a way don't think he had any ideas when he came in after Billy (laughs) he just had this bunch of players dysfunctional bunch of players and probably a toxic atmosphere in the dressing room and he just had to Put them out on the pitch for a couple of games and see what they look like, and then start making decisions. And he sort of did that last time as well. And 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 obviously he bought in Sucek and Bowen, which is great. And and um, you know by the end of the season we looked a really good outfit. But again, we've got off to a slow start with last Saturday's yeah. game. But yeah. he's got to he's got to start. You know, one game into a thirty-eight game season running the same 11 players out on the pitch. He's got to start thinking about those other guys. And, you know, he made that double substitution, but quite late in the game, you know. That's when everyone makes substitutions. It didn't feel like he made that change for tactical reasons, going, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, Yamo and and Allaire are really going to hurt them now. I'm going to do that. He just did it because he went, well, the guys they're replacing will be a bit knackered. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I just, I, you know, they're, 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 uh, obviously the rumour mill's been uh, the sale of rice uh, all the time. But I mean, this um, it is sort of worrying that um, I guess that is just a question of a sort of accountancy, really. We did, for two seasons running under Pellegrini, spend a lot of money. And I guess they're just saying we, you know, we we slightly went in the hole a bit there. And we can't actually do it this third time. We thought we would be you know doing better and we spent the you know the investment under under Pellegrini in two summer transfer windows um you know we yeah. went right in the hole we put our hands in our pocket and pulled out a lot of money and we just yeah. can't do it a third time we haven't got that money
1: no so we're left wondering whether there are going to be this time three teams worse than us mm. uh, and the, the <laughs> that but it's looking a little bit thinner on the ground when we when you start to look for them, isn't it? Uh, you could say Fulham, maybe Brighton, um, West Brom. Um, you know, I still get to convict, be convinced by Aston Villa. I'm not. I'm not. You know, they, they, they're not going to be great again. I don't think. No. Um, Oh, Sheffield United won't have the season they had last season, but they they won't be they won't be terrible. I don't think are obviously going to take the take the division by storm. I suspect, um, you know, uh, Leicester have really moved into the level of teams above us. Everton have made some good signings. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're going to be in the bottom six, come what may. I think, and uh, it was you know it, you keep playing Russian roulette like this, you're gonna you're gonna find the bullet at some point aren't you
2: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah that's that's right I mean we uh, we were heavily reliant on that three teams worse than us last season weren't we I mean oh, wow. we looked sort of dead and buried after Christmas I think sort of um we were really wondering where the points were going to come from and I remember doing one of these and uh, you know whoever I was doing with, you probably, Jim, and someone else, both kind of went, oh, no, I think we're probably going to go down.
1: You know, that's what oh. it felt like. And, well, Sue Check and Bowen saved, saved us, didn't they? Yeah, they they're they're made a huge difference, thing. yeah.
2: Uh, and there are these rumours of a kind of
1: possible club sale. Have we seen any of this? Yeah, I saw um, Jacob's
0: article in The Guardian, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, have you
0: been aware of any of this, Kev? This sort yeah, of pos- I, saw the, uh, I saw The Guardian... Saw the Guardian article, and then I was unfortunate enough to hear Simon Jordan on Talk Sport this morning, giving right. um, giving his insight. Um, I, I I I think you know it's just who would buy us in the state we're in. I I I don't know. Um, yeah. In, ter- in terms of with that clause, and I don't I don't know what it, it actually looks like. but there's the rumored clauses, and I don't know if they are rumors or whether they're real um, with regards to the. If they sell the club before 2023, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's the additional fee and stuff like that, and I think you know th- th- there may be someone out there that really looks at us as a project, and it would have to be someone that looks at you know West Ham as a project in its entirety, and kind of they're going to come in and throw I don't know six seven hundred million at us to to get us where we need to be. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think you've got to see it as,
1: I mean, whoever's going to buy it would buy it as something, seeing the potential. And the potential is undoubtedly there. we, we I think we know that. Um, I, I think from the, from, from Golden Sullivan's point of view, um, I'm, I'm no kind of financial expert or business expert at all, but... Um, you know they've got you're absolutely right admit to me i think that thing is, does exist the punishment thing you know financial punishment for before 2023 if they sell it but they've got to look at how much are they going to have to invest to protect their investment to stay up because the the bigger the bigger financial penalty would be going down so uh, then they'd have much much less to sell so i think they've they must be weighing up whether or not um, to take to take an offer now and that presumably wraps some kind of compensation into it for that for that financial penalty. Um, and uh, you know, it's not you know, it's not really conspiracy theory to be thinking that actually the, the lack of investment in the team might well be to do with preparation for for sale. You, you never know. Uh, no,
2: no. I mean, it feels like a few clubs have um, you know had a bit of investment. I don't really follow the sort of financial. Side of football, obviously, like for a few years now, it's felt that Everton have. uh, I don't know if they've been, you know, someone's you know, come in. Oh, yeah, I think so, invest in them or something because they they used to be sort of at the same level as us, didn't they? I remember Bill Kenwright at the beginning of one season, might even been sort of later Moyes or early Martinez saying, There's literally no money this season, we're going to have to go with the same team again, you know, we can't if we haven't got any money. Um, and uh. Yeah, other times when it looked like teams were gonna get some kind of big didn't fulham sort of have a lot of
1: money well they spent a lot of money the last time they came out they spent 100 million yeah
2: yeah yeah so they must have got some money from somewhere and and uh but that didn't really sort of seem to come to anything and they went back down again um so, yeah, I mean, certainly financially we don't necessarily know who the, those three teams are, but also there are some other teams that might slightly go to another level, like, you know, the, the way Wolves clearly, you know, someone yeah. had them a lot of money very suddenly and they came up and, you know, had a really good first season in the, in the premiership. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, God, if we're just not, not going to buy any new footballers. We've really got to look at, as you say, getting some of the people that play, you know, that nominally are in our squad, uh, got to get them playing,
0: you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and hope so- you don't get key injuries because, mm. you know, uh, 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 and we, we are really vulnerable. I mean, we, we've we got two really good central midfielders in Rice and Suchet, but but um, uh, behind them, it's Josh Cullen and Mark Noble. that, that, that that's it. You know, yeah. yeah. Connor Coventry, you know, that's, that's <laughs> and we're not going to strengthen there. So, You know, it's a real worry. Yeah, and you would, you know,
2: you would hope that that Moyes isn't so cautious that he's kind of blind to the fact that you know Antonio and Noble are both, you know, quite long in the tooth, and uh, you know Antonio is quite injury prone, and to basically just go, you know, Mikhail will just go out and do what he does every week, and that's how we play. Um, you know, that just can't be, and we've got to, um, you know, what we did ha- what we did lack on Saturday was a little bit of a system, wasn't it? We didn't feel like we really
1: yeah. knew how we were going to uh, put the
2: ball in the net.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that we were too narrow. We were too ponderous. Um, yeah, it felt, it felt quite clueless a lot of the time. I agree.
2: Yeah. So we've got these, um, you Know we've got six games coming up Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, City, Liverpool. I mean, that you know, on paper, if we were you know, to give, sort of giving our uh, uh match day predictions, uh, you know, you'd see all of those as a loss, wouldn't you? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, oh, yeah. you know, Wolves was the one we were scared of before lockdown happened when we were looking at that sort of quite difficult run of games. Uh, where Spurs and Chelsea were coming up, um, we thought actually the hardest one was going to be Wolves. And in a sense, we were proved right. Yes. Without beating Chelsea, uh, we lost to Spurs. But but yeah. Wolves, you know, we, we didn't even turn up against them, but also they are good.
1: I'd say Spurs are a team that have got their own problems. So, yeah. Uh, you know, always found, that's always a kind of, you know, unique, Feel to that game, even if there isn't a crowd there. So I think I think you'd give us a chance in that. We have played well against Arsenal in in recent years without any luck. So maybe we we'll yeah. get a bit of bit of a break against them. Um, we did well at Liverpool, you know, um, yeah. before, before the lockdown. So it's not, I, I don't think we're you know I'm sure we'll be. We'll have chances and we'll be competitive. We're a threat from set pieces. You know, we're we're not. There's a physicality in the team that that makes us not easy necessarily to play against as we once perhaps were. But uh, you know, yeah, you can you can see that. You could easily see a run of defeats. There, kind of kind of you know, domino effect because because once you've lost two or three games at the start of the season, the next one because you know the pressure mounts. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can say is if we don't win. If We don't get, you know, four or five points from that from that run of games. Moyes won't survive that, I don't think. I mean, if 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 we if we lose our first seven games of the season, he's, he's gone. Do you think I'm so, dead. Yeah, but uh, no yeah. manager. No manager survives six, seven defeats in a row. But it's, I mean, it, you know, world. it's just so
2: ironic that this kind of, you know, we were looking for the idea that he might stabilise us after yeah. after Billich comes in, they don't keep him, get a new fancy dan European manager, that doesn't work out, comes in, stabilizes him, then they don't give him any money. No, exactly. No, I, think I mean they literally that. Yeah. if they That's do exactly. fire him, it will be like they've kind of they've sabotaged him and yeah. then fired him. Yeah. You know, by not giving him any money to spend on footballers. Yeah. You know and I have, agree. totally. You know. What do you reckon, Kev, about this little run of
0: games? Well, I was just i just got the fixtures up, actually, and I was looking at them. And not to be a pessimist, but we come off the back of that six, and then we have Fulham, Sheffield United, Aston Villa, and then it's uh, Man United, Leeds, yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, many, many seasons have gone by where we've looked at a run of games that are packed with the top 6 and we come out of it with nine points. Yeah. yeah. Um so you know I, I I could sit here and go yeah we're not going to get anything from Arsenal and I don't think we will get anything from Wolves because we haven't the last two seasons and, and 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 similarly with with Man City but we've we've done alright against Liverpool and 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 Arsenal in terms of the way we've played we haven't got the results yeah. so I'm 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 confident in not in the team not in the manager (laughs) I'm confident in the West Ham way as it were that we tend to just get points from games that you look at and think how have you come off of that run with nine points um so it's listen it's going to be a challenge I don't think we can look at this next six or seven games and think oh this is this is a challenging run of fixtures the season's going to be a challenge um We've, and I think we've, we've covered off all the reasons why squad depth, lack of assist uh, system, lack of transfers. Um, you know, I think sold Dion gone. got your 22 million and then went in the market with so, it and realized that you were, um, <laughs> yeah. you were, you, 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 you didn't actually have much, uh, no, 22 million yeah. don't go very far nowadays. Um, I wonder, what, I wonder what sort of,
2: uh, if any difference, uh, Kevin Nolan and Stuart Pierce are making, you know, um, I, 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 you know, people quite often put two and two together in quite a simplistic way, like when, when, um, when Billich got Julian in, you know, there were people going, yeah, two defenders will be just brilliant defending as if they're going to put their boots on and do it themselves. You know what I mean? And um, uh, obviously with both Kevin Nolan and and Stuart Pearce, there's a little bit of sort of chatter on social media going, yeah, they're going to give us that bit of grit that we really need. But I, you know, I'm not sure it sort of works that way. It's like saying, you know, if we get no. an Albie Campbell, the team will get prettier.
1: Um, you know I, mean? I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think the, the the hard nut coach exists that would turn Philippe Anderson into a gritty footballer. It's no, just, it's just, it's never going to happen, is it?
2: You um, know, Stuart no. Pierce has managed at quite a high level. You know, it sort of feels like. Um, you know, knowing nothing about what, what it's like on the training ground and what their routine is like. It feels like if, if football clubs need assistant coaches, it feels like he, on paper, might be quite a good one because he's managed, a, you know, quite a sort of high yeah, level. So. And England under-21s, Manchester City, he's managed, you know, and feels like, you know, he knows the club. Um, he was a very good footballer, you know, so, so you'd sort of hope that he can bring something to the table, but as I say, I don't really know what happens on a training ground,
1: you know. No. Well, I, I think you know, I'm I'm I don't think there's an issue with the. I think we have an experienced and capable uh, coaching staff. I'm, I you know, I, I, I think you've absolutely summed it up. It's, it, it, Moyes is being has been, you know, <laughs> treated abysmally, I think, by by these managers, uh, by these um, owners. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um yes. Um all right well I guess um we'll probably wrap this up now with our predictions for the Arsenal game. I wonder how we're going in the uh in the Caribou cup. Uh still 2-0. 2-0. Two two nil.
1: Nil. Yeah. Chartner having a bit of a having a bit of a go but we've also you know, Yarmolenko has, has, has missed uh missed an opportunity to make it 3. Right, right. Mm. Yeah. But I think I think obviously you know I think we'll be all right. I think we'll hold on. Yeah. So um,
2: so it's uh, so it's Arsenal at the weekend. Uh, well, gentlemen, predictions. Uh, Jim.
1: Well, um, uh, I want a performance, as we so often say. This. Um, I think they're they're a team on the on the rise and on the march. Um, mm-hmm. So you know we've we've had the opportunities against them in recent games and not taken them. So perversely, I think we might just uh, get something out of this. I'm gonna go one all. One all. Yeah. Kev, what do you think?
0: Um exactly, exactly the same as Jim. Um I I, I hope that we, we, we take the momentum out of this Charlton game, give Haller a start. He, he scored two goals. So to not see him start against Arsenal, I think would be would be a would be a shame. Yeah. Um I, 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 I see I, I do see a a one-all. Um, Arsenal have kind of they've got their new little system going haven't they with their three at the back and stuff so while it looks great against Fulham um, you know new systems if they're not if if they're not doing well in the first 25-30 minutes it could they could become quite disgruntled if it's not working so I think if we if we hang in there um, we could look for potentially a 2-1 I'll go 2-1 I don't want to be the same as Jim on this occasion 2-1 2-1 2-1
2: well yes I'm I'm going I think I might go we nick a one nil. You know, it's very we defend uh um we defend to the hilt and uh you know a bit like uh Robert Green's uh, incredible performance when we beat them one nil. Um was that one nil? It was one nil, wasn't it? It was one 0 yeah, probably Zamora, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Zamora's goal. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go one nil. All right. Well, I think, I think that is a little bit of a fake optimism from all three. <laughs> yeah. of those, but I mean, I think that's that's sort of what we need. Um, all right, fellas. Well, I think that's uh, that's probably it for this podcast. Uh, so, my name is Phil Whelans. This has been Stop Hammer Time. Uh, with me have been Jim Grant, Cheerio, and Kevin J. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Come on, New Lions. Wasn't that
0: a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu.
1: This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com.
2: Sports
0: Social Podcast Network.